Hello, everyone. It's your friend Tristan Miller. I'm just here to inform you that I'm recording my first stand-up comedy album and special on May the 4th in New York City at Caveat at 4 p.m. You can go to the link in my bio on my social media platforms, or you can go to caveat.com, go to May the 4th, and buy tickets there. Highly recommend that you get them early as they are cheaper that way. Also, after the show, I'm going to go, Phantom Menace is playing in theaters. So I'm going to take a big group to go to the nearest AMC or whatever Cineplex and go see my favorite Star Wars movie. I'll say it. I'll say it with my full chest. My favorite Star Wars movie in theaters again. So hope to see you at both things. If you have to pick one, just pick my my show, please. Um, I do. Uh, uh, would, I would like to sell out the house if possible. Anyway, um, love you. I uh, hope to see you soon. Okay, bye bye. This podcast is made possible in part by Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com/slash Tristan J Miller to support us there. Now, our feature presentation. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to Focus Testing. My name is Tristan Miller. Um, Focus Testing is a podcast about movies where we make a movie. And joining me today is Glenn Tickle. Hi, friend. Hi. I wasn't uh, sure if you're doing a dramatic pause or couldn't remember my name. Both. <laughs> like, I, was, I shatnered. I was like, what's the next thing? Yeah. So we just talked for about 20 minutes about movies and stuff we like and started talking about star wars and it was veering dangerously into just talking about that for the rest of the podcast but luckily god was on our side and said hey i'm gonna make tristan's computer crash yeah thanks garage band (laughs) so we're back on this so again i ask you do you remember the first movie you saw in the theater what if every answer now is just me being like really frustrated and be like oh god i told you already (laughs) I, mean, I your... walked out of Snow White and into He-Man Masters of the Universe because I love Frank Langella as you're... a six-year-old or whatever. <laughs> I was like, the guy from Hammer Dracula movies? Hell yeah, let's go watch Frank, my good friend. Can I tell you, for the longest time, I thought his name was Franklin Jella. Franklin Jella, yeah. <laughs> Franklin Jella. Like the turtle, Franklin? Anyway. I don't think I knew that dude's name until Frost Nixon. Oh, that makes sense. Because everyone's like, Frank Langella is going to be Nixon. I was like, great. I don't know who that is. Skeletor is going to be Nixon. And then, yeah, then it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, I've seen him in other stuff. It is weird because uh, a guy died today. Oh, yeah. And I, I didn't know his name. I was like, oh, you know, it's sad. Like, I, it looked like a lot of people were a fan of this guy. And then somebody posted the picture of him from Ninja Turtles 2. And I was like, that guy died? <laughs> and then, like, I was suddenly invested because I'm like, oh. I mean, that's, I feel like that's most people when actors die, they all have that one thing that they're like, oh, but he was my such and such. And so he's so. my weird scientist from Ninja Turtles too. Exactly. Revealing the secret of the ooze. <laughs> what do you think of those new Ninja Turtle movies? I covered the first one. I was at Geeko System at the time. Oh yeah. And like, I, I went to a press screening and I interviewed the directors and uh, that's... they were so defensive. Oh, because I sense. was the last interview of the day. That sucks. 
And I kind of liked it. And like the angle I, I was asking them questions about was after seeing the movie was like, so this very much seems like you just made an April O'Neil movie mm-hmm. that, I mean, the turtles are in it because they need to be. But yeah. like, it's that first one is very much just like, here's an April O'Neil movie. We don't think we can market it that way. So here's Ninja Turtles again. Uh, and th- I don't remember any of their specific answers, but like the whole tone was like, these guys are so frustrated of answering questions from journalists who didn't like their movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I think it's fine. But they were like so upset, but I don't think I've seen any of the other ones. Mm. Fair enough. Um, the animated one that came out before that was pretty good. Couldn't tell you. TMNT. I, 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 I gotta be on, gotta be honest with you, Glenn. I don't think I've ever seen a Ninja Turtle anything. I think I've pl- I've definitely played the arcade cabinet at Barcade in it's Brooklyn. It's very fun, but I cannot, for the life of me, actually say I've seen any Ninja Turtle property. I think the only one I can say, like in good faith, is a good movie. Like, mm. regardless of if you have any affinity for these characters. Which, as a thirty-nine-year-old, I very much do. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the first one from nineteen eighty, whatever. Eighty. We're in there in the suits. Yeah. Okay. That one looks the, fun. The Henson suits, because it's it's. I mean, it is a movie about teenage mutant ninja turtles, but there, there's like a point in the movie where it takes a turn and they all go to a farmhouse to hide from Shredder, and she's like, "Oh, this is just like a nice art movie now for a while." <laughs> And it's that for about half an hour, and then they have to go back to the city to fight Shredder. It's like, I kind of like the stuff at the farm. Everybody's just kind of relaxing. That one's great. I went to a screening of it with uh, one of my friends and his girlfriend, and she was like kind of annoyed that she had to go. Because mm-hmm. the option was uh, hang out with his mom or come to the movie with us. Oh, that's a like, rock and a hard go, place. I'll go to the movie. but And we're like, no, we promise. It's really good. And she's like, there's no way a movie about Ninja Turtles is going to... It's not really my scene. I'm like, no, 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 it's great. And then she was like, yeah, the, the farmhouse stuff is kind of nice. <laughs> it's like beautifully shot and kind of moving. Like a Terrence Malick film? Yeah, it's just like... It goes from being... Uh, it's a great early... Uh, 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 famous Sam, Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah? Uh, a brief appearance by him as head thug. Hell yeah. In the Foot Clan. I recently saw a photo of someone's eyes through the mouth of the costume. And that's horrifying for, for me, but in like a fun way of like, now yeah. I'm intrigued to see more. And I'm, I kind of wish that was the lore behind the Ninja Turtles is that there's a little guy in there trapped. <laughs> they're just like mascot suits. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like, there's a, there's a curse on like a small boy that he, a teenage boy, if you will. And he's become a, a Ninja Turtle. Um. All right. So I'm. I asked some trivia questions before. I'm going to pick different ones. And okay. again, these are loose trivia. I say movie trivia because you know it's fun because you get to turn around at that initial thing. I will still ask what is movie because that's I must know from all of my guests. What is I feel movie? like I nailed the answer the first time. I'm trying to remember what I said. Uh, the illusion of a moving image. Yes, I think is what I said, and mm. I stand by that because it's. I did a brief explanation of the persistence of vision. Mm-hmm. Your eye and brain hold on to a picture for a fraction of a second. If you can replace that picture faster, then your brain kind of refreshes the image. It looks like it is moving smoothly. Ta-da! People run from a train in a movie theater. 
Those idiots. Those old-timey dum-dums. Morons. Uh, here's one that I, I'm interested to hear your response to, which is, what is my favorite movie? Your favorite movie? You, Tristan Miller. Mm-hmm. Your favorite movie. What do you think it is? Uh, I mean, I know you like the Star Wars prequels, but favorite? Yeah, favorite. Based off of what you know about me, what do you think my favorite film is? I'm tempted to like look around your apartment and try to Kaiser Sose an answer here. You won't. Uh, I know, like, I know you have a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, that's just because I'm sentimental. But I can't. I, that's too basic of an answer. Mm, mm, mm. You know, I you know I have depth. It's not all just thrills and. I know lasers. that you're like a theater guy. I wouldn't say that much anymore. I don't know why I'm giving you hints. So whatever, speak from the heart, Glenn. I'm going to take a wild swing and say all that jazz. <laughs> Can I tell you? Don't even know what that film is. <laughs> all I know is the song from Chicago. It is uh, It is a, a Bob Fosse movie about Hell yeah. what a dickhead Bob Fosse is. I can get on board with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I may, may well look it up. If you want to know for your own personal edification, you have to follow me on Letterboxd, and then that's the only way you'll know what my top-rated films are. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask if you know mine, but I've made it my entire online yeah. brand for the past four years, or whatever. Or no, three years. It, uh, the next question was, what's a movie that a lot of people don't remember, but you would like them to remember oh, more? Oh, it's The Adventure of Zabucker Banzai yeah, Costi, as you mentioned, 100%. <laughs> that's now, why is that, Glenn? Uh, so, so Bucker Banzai came out in 1984. Mm-hmm. It is a weird sci-fi movie, has a cult following, but it was not a thing I had seen ever. Like, I didn't see it until four years ago in the middle of the night holding my infant daughter who wouldn't sleep. And it was because I had heard of it. I knew there was a movie called Bucker Banzai seemed like a thing it would like but it wasn't like widely released on video it wasn't on tv all the time growing up yeah and then i just kind of didn't think much about it and then the movie uh ready player one yes which is bad it's yes. not a good movie but there's a reference to buckaroo Banzai in it because mm-hmm. that whole movie is just references to things mm-hmm. and so at one point the main character of this bad movie in the virtual world gets the suit that Buckaroo wears on stage uh, for the concert in Buckaroo Banzai. Sure. And the the female character is like, is that the suit from Buckaroo Banzai? He's like, yeah, it is. And he's like in love with this lady. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but cool suit, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then that night, my child would not sleep. And I was like flipping through, uh, I think it was on Amazon Prime at the time. And I'm like, oh, there's that movie that I know exists. It was just in that other thing that I watched. We'll give it a shot. It's 3 a.m. Let's put this thing on. And 15 minutes into it, I'm like, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Because in the first 15 minutes, you see him perform brain surgery, drive a car through a mountain, and then uh, he plays a show in uh, New Brunswick. Excellent. Yeah. And in during the show, like the part where I'm like, this is, I think this might be my new favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So they're pl- like mid song, he shuts the, the show down because someone is crying in the audience. Mm hmm. And uh, the line from the movie that most people who know anything about the movie know is, no matter where you go, there you are. But the line right before it is the one where I'm like, this movie kicks ass. Because he's 
the audience is like, hey, we don't care about this lady. Keep playing songs. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, don't be mean. You don't have to be mean. And then he says, no matter where you go, there you are. But as a performer, and I think stand-up maybe specifically, the idea that like everyone's having a great time, like they do, they keep showing shots of people doing bad 80s dances. Mm-hmm. And then he grinds the show to a halt because one person's not having a good time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's like, if I'm doing a show and there's one person I can tell does not like what I'm doing, it's the only person I care about in that moment. Like that's mm-hmm. who I'm trying to impress. I want to win that person over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it is kind of a mess of a movie. Like, <laughs> I, I love it, but I, 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 I fall short of being like, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's sure, sure, it's sure, not sure, well sure. done. <laughs> It is. It's very much a movie that they made in 1984 with not enough money to make the movie they were trying to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love. It's one of those things where, like, a lot of times people's favorite things, they're like, "Oh, they better not try to reboot The Princess Bride or whatever." Sure. I'm like, I mean, that specifically, I think The Princess Bride they should remake every four years. New mm. cast, same. I- you have to do the. It has to be a frame story. Yeah, but new cast every four years, we get a new Princess Bride. Can I tell you that would be the way to do it because it would sl- like it would get rid of that first hump of like I can't believe they're remaking it. It's like yeah, yeah they're gonna do it once every. We're four gonna years. do it every four years, and it's gonna update a cast. You're gonna get a great you know the zeitgeist of the time. It'll be great. That's yeah. a very smart idea, Glenn. I would love it if they did that, um, but I would also love them to make Buckaroo Banzai now. Oh, like, for sure. When they can do a good job, I, I think. Would you Would you demand John Lithgow be there again? I would love it if John Lithgow was still Emilio Lazardo. What about? Because he's so good in it. I've heard that. That's the only thing I really know about that film. Isn't also Jeff Goldblum in it? Jeff Goldblum is in it, uh, playing Doctor Sidney Zweibel, whose nickname is New Jersey. I. Um, he he went to medical school with Buckaroo, and they were performing brain surgery. Who plays Buckaroo? Peter Weller, RoboCop. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, who the? It's astounding because this is like the most 1984 shit about the movie is like George Orwell's 1984. <laughs> yeah, Buckaroo Banzai is like half Japanese, half American, huh. and not like in a way that's like, oh, you can just get a white guy. Like mm-hmm. it is so ingrained to every part of the character, including the goddamn name Buckaroo Banzai. They're like, we need a cowboy, we need a samurai. Boom, Buckaroo Banzai. That's what you get. Him. And everything about the character is so much like, all right, I have to deal with. I have a, a Japanese father, an American mother. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, they traveled the world at a very young age. Like, he's trying to figure out who he is, so he goes and does all these different things. And then they're just like, or it could just be Pete. It could just be Peter Weller. We'll just get him. It's fine. <laughs> so I think if they do it, like I, I saw, um, people were talking about Carlos Esposito. Yeah. Uh, as Magneto mm. for, as like potential casting. And I don't know that much about Carlo Esposito, but I know like, uh, Magneto's Jewish. Yeah. And not just like, oh, here's a fun fact about Magneto. It's like, that's kind of his whole shit. Is like, that's why he is who he is. It's really important that he's Jewish. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, 
Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I watched the movie recently where they changed some stuff, and I don't remember what movie or what they changed, but it's like, yeah, you know what? That works in the context of this movie. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Magneto does kind of need to be Jewish, I think. He really does. It's kind of the whole thing. Without changing a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah, and it also, like, that's the whole, like, I mean... That's the whole bit, though, isn't it? Is yeah, that I mean, there were there. You could you could also argue like, well, there's a lot of other peoples that have had horrible things done to them. So if we make him one of those, sure. But I'm like, yeah, but that is like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Switching it around. Yeah. I mean, that's also. But you, it should be a, it should be a Japanese American actor. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. You, you should. Have. And so the other thing, the reason I think they should remake it. Is one, uh, I would love it personally. Like, it just does a favor if yeah, they yeah. could do it. But also, like, it lends itself so well to, uh, like, inclusion and representation. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's it, it's basically a take on, like, Buck Rogers, who was just, like, 30s pulp yeah. action man. But he had, like, this whole team yeah. that he assembled. So you have that with Buck Ruiz, the Hong Kong Cavaliers which is just like people he's met around the world. They all happen to also be white guys, but crazy. Yeah. Like you could have a wonderful diverse cast mm-hmm. of all these people and characters that he has found along the way. There is not enough lore that I think people would be like, you can't change it's just- Reno into <laughs> like Auckland. Yeah. Like you absolutely can. Like, <laughs> I, it, is there any? Is it a pre-existing property? Was it like off a comic book? Or? No, the guy who wrote it, Earl McRouch, wrote a bunch of stories. Like he was friends with W. D. Richter, the mm-hmm. director, who also wrote Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, um, but they they were work, they were trying to come up with a story together, and it was originally Buckaroo Bandy, uh, and then they changed it because they thought Bonsai sounded better. It does. Um, and I'm like, well, is he like? If his name's Buckaroo Bandy, I think he's than half Australian. Oh, I see. I just thought he was half like a bandit. Yeah. Like he has like a good <laughs> sheriff and a bad sheriff inside of him. But they, uh, he wrote like 30 stories. Uh huh. And then they just kind of picked one from the middle. Mm. So you don't get much of an origin. Huh. Uh, it's a thing that I genuinely love about it is it does feel like there's eight other movies out there that you were supposed to have watched first. <laughs> Much like that first Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like, I went I, I went to see Thor Love and Thunder with my nephew, and he is a huge Marvel fan. Um, like, more so than me, even. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he's caught up, he knows everything. Uh, my daughter expressed mild interest in coming along. I'm like, I don't know yeah. how to explain anything that you're going to see in this mm-hmm. movie in a succinct enough way to not just have it be incredibly frustrating. Yeah. So I'm like, I, we can watch some Marvel movies, but like, let me just take your cousin. We're going to go watch this. I told her that I'm, there were parts of it that were too scary, which is true. Yeah. Like Gore is a pretty scary guy. They kind of toned down that storyline. Oh, I thought you were just talking about Chris Hemsworth's ass. He's, yeah. His beautiful Australian ass. Too I was much. surprised that is in there. I haven't seen it. I'm not mad at it, but <laughs> I it's in like... there for like a good couple seconds. Oh, too. Yeah? It is not just like a rescuer's flash on the side of the building. It is like it's just a full 
three to five seconds of Hemsworth butt. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. I have one last question Hit for me. you. Uh, why is Austin Powers sexy? Austin Powers is sexy. That's a great question. Because Mike Myers is sexy. Huh. Speak more to that. Uh, well, he's shagadelic, baby. Um, <laughs> well, yes, obviously. Well, like, you know how in well, like you know how when everybody's watching Soy Married and Axe Murder, and they're thinking like this guy fucks. <laughs> uh, is Austin Powers like I know I know Austin Powers is like canonically sexy. Yeah. Went before being frozen. Women respond to him pretty consistently throughout the series. But usually, like post him being frozen, aren't they all like, ew, gross, get away? Or is that just Liz Hurley? I think it's just Liz Hurley. Although she does get... At the end. She does get it in the end. Yeah. It being his spotted dick. Yeah. That's what I meant. I definitely meant... I'm I'm trying to remember like, oh, it's Minnie This It's Minnie Oh, there it is. Very good. Would have been funny if you said he got his Vern Troyer, but that's very disrespectful. And his <laughs> Vern is dead. Um, God rest his soul. Very good actor. Anyway, so your quite your response to uh, is that Mike Myers himself is sexy, and uh, that supersedes the character. Yeah. Okay. Because if he's not, if Mike Myers is not sexy, you don't believe that at any point in Austin Powers' timeline is he sexy? Interesting. All right. In any event, we're going to... That's imp- why the Pentaveret was so horny. I don't know that. It's the Mike Myers thing that just came out on Netflix. I haven't engaged with it yet. It is not great. I've heard mixed things at <laughs> but best. It's one of those things where I was watching, I'm like, oh, this isn't actually that good. And then it'll have the best joke you've ever heard. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, so like every couple minutes, really solid joke that like... <laughs> Makes the rest of it Kept me hanging on... Where I'm like, I, I will finish. It's like six episodes or something. I will finish the series. The first one that got me was like in the openings explaining like there's a, uh, I think it's Timothy Dalton is doing like. Oh, that's fun. The explanation of what the Pentaveret is at the beginning. And it's like, they're, they're the Illuminati yeah. basically. But it's like the last line is, but they're nice. <laughs> like, yep, I'm on board, Mike Myers. You sexy beast. You did it again. <laughs> So I'm now going to hit the random word generator Heck yeah. for our Do you see film. Mike Myers dick in it? I think you might. See, now now I might watch it. Because I think it. that was the same week that the Kids in the Hall new season dropped. That was the same week. Because I, I did make a comment about on Twitter about seeing more Canadian dick <laughs> in one week than I think I had ever seen before in my life. Ugh. And it couldn't have just been from one shot of Kids in the Hall. I think yeah. you do. I think Mike Myers hangs brain in the pentagram. Can I tell and you? If not, special edition. Put it in there. Put it in there. You should for sure see his butt. Okay, so here's the thing. We've gotten a doozy of a word, which is strike breaker. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea what this word I mean, I assume So like an anti Norma Ray. I'm gonna say yes, and I know who that person is. So Norma Ray is a movie that Sally Field did a long time ago. Mm. I think it's the one that she won the Oscar for the You Like Me, Really, Really Like Me speech. Oh, uh-huh. uh, where she like unionizes the plant that she works at. Mm. So you're saying this is about union busting, this film. I think that, yeah, I think like 
this is the uh, oh god there was the the people that they hired to break up strikes in Chicago Pinkertons oh so it's about the Pinkertons I think this is a Pinkerton origin story okay so I don't know anything about the Pinkertons so I'm going just to just like, throw shit sure. in as you go so what the Pinkertons I assume are a family it is the name of like a detective agency which okay. is just like private security in mm-hmm. the 30s they're like okay. yeah we're a detective words don't mean anything yeah 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 it's, 19, private it's 1932 who cares yeah like, we all have guns it's fine yeah, everyone's armed everyone's dying of various diseases not yeah. unlike today yeah <laughs> but yeah i think i think okay i'm pretty sure pinkerton were right. like hired to bust up chicago union okay form. i like it kind of jimmy hoffa-esque sort yeah. of criminal he element was, he was far later on yeah, um, but I also think he was the union guy. Yeah, exactly. Yes, but like so, strike breaker. Yeah, so strike breaker. That's singular. So it's like oh, the one guy. Well, this that's is about so one guy whose job it is to break up strikes. One person who goes like in. he might have a team, but like he's the guy. Okay. Okay. Did you watch The Gray Man on Netflix? I cannot say that I did. I put it on last night because I couldn't fall asleep. And then I, I turned it off in about 20 minutes. Uh, I, I might finish it on the plane. Okay. Or maybe on the plane home since now I have Hobbit homework. Um, although that part got deleted. Yeah, so yeah. So now there's... I might the, just finish The Gray Man. But there, Glenn Chris has never Evans, seen The Hobbit and he's going to watch it on the uh, plane and I want to know what he thinks of it. Okay. Yeah. Chris Evans is like the bad guy. Oh, okay. It, but he's like a private sector guy who used to be military. So okay. like he's the guy that they, he's the gray man. No, they get him, they get him to try to kill the gray man. I didn't watch enough of this movie to spoil anything. I don't think. Or to recount it on a podcast, it seems. And yeah, but I think that's Chris Evans in the gray man, I think is like the kind of character okay. that we need for the strike breaker. So it's just like a, a guy with a face, a guy with a face. <laughs> Sure. Okay. He's got a funny little mustache in this one. Oh, that one. Okay, so why not? You brought him up in the the now lost tapes. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Why don't we get Sam Rockwell in as the leader of this guy? Okay. Big old mustache. See, Sam Rockwell could be good because, like in Jojo Rabbit, he is a Nazi. Yeah. But he is the Nazi you are kind of rooting for a little bit. Yeah, he has some some pathos. That guy. Played a bunch of racists in a row. Want to know what that's about. But in any event, so this guy, he's going in. I assume we should show a montage sequence at the beginning of the film of him, like, busting unions, like, left and right, blah, 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 Starbucks or yeah. whatever. Well, that's what I'm trying to think is do we go? Because there's a bunch of places trying to form unions now. I would say we should do it modern. So we can go modern or we can do old-timey. I think old-timey, you, you do get the benefit of, like, fun movie violence. As opposed to not fun movie violence. Well, if you yeah yeah if you show if like, you have Sam Rockwell and a big mustache busting up meat packers in 1930s Chicago, it's the vibe is completely different than if he's doing it to like Amazon workers. Yeah, in he's Texas just now. he's just yeah. punching people in a Starbucks. Yeah, that like, doesn't that, yeah that is bad. In fact, I feel oh, like now no. he's, now it's more of like a like a online operation. For sure. Although, what do you think about this? He's the last person that still does it this way. 
And so, like, for the first few montages, it's, like, kind of old-timey. And then it just cuts to a wide, it's full color, and it's a Starbucks. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah, it's not going to work, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think doing it old-timey, like, does lend some credence and some, also some wiggle room. Yeah. You know, you can kind of fudge he's, the numbers. I mean, we're, if the movie's called Strike Breaker. Yeah. It's got to be about him. So he is, the strike by default, our hero. Yes. The problem is, just so far, the only thing we know about him is that he's out there breaking strikes. Well, yeah. So, I mean... By the end of the film, he has a change of heart? I think that's I think that's kind of what the best you could hope for. Maybe he goes undercover, never been kissed style into the Starbucks that is trying to unionize. Mm-hmm. And he wants to just throw hands. He wants to get in there and scrap them up good. Yeah. But though, you can't do that anymore. It's 2022. <laughs> it's, not, it's not legal. It wasn't yeah. been now and it's you not now. You can't show up with a billy club anymore. <laughs> it's, also, you're not old enough for that to have been how they did it at any point in your lifetime. Yeah. It's weird I, that you want to do it this way. <laughs> what we need you to do, go work at this Starbucks. And then when people are like, hey, aren't unions super cool? You just be like, no, they're bad. They just want your dues money. Mm-hmm. Uh, say all that bullshit. And then he falls in love, obviously, because it's a movie. I feel like... I feel like regular customers more interesting than Starbucks employees. I think so, too, unless it's a higher-up Starbucks employee that is very anti-union as well that's Ooh, like, like the regional manager yeah and they like they don't want a union or anything but they do have he does change his heart and then change her heart because they both end up liking each other but of course in the middle of the like what would it be the the middle of the second act they realize the regional manager realizes that sam rockwell's been lying to her this whole time and going "Ugh, i can't believe you now i don't know what to believe anymore Ugh. That sort of thing. We could go that route or regular customers. Interesting as well. I'm, I, I like the regional manager idea. I mostly okay. just don't like the idea of. I don't think I've ever seen a Starbucks barista over the age of 24. So the idea of. You haven't been to Brooklyn. It's fine. I've not been to many Starbucks. It's, no, it's so. Okay. I just don't like the idea of setting. So, Sam Rockwell undercover into a Starbucks to hit on like a 22 year old. Yes, I understand. Um, which is why the regional, regional manager, manager works. I and I feel like what has to happen then is like, he goes, like he, she confronts him is like, well, we can't have a relationship because you know, you're my subordinate. And he goes, I don't even really work here. I work for this other agency yeah. that busts up. He's unions. undercover baby. And then he goes, Oh, Oh, and then she finds out. Yeah, and then you have to deal with that. But wouldn't she be fine with that? I... As someone who also is trying to stop the union? I think... I think we got to give him a a tertiary lie. I think maybe more than that... Okay. Rather than a regional manager, someone who is... I mean, it's got to be the person that's heading the union organization in the starbucks it can just be an older person. we'll just make them older so yeah it's, not, it's fine it's not as creepy but yeah and maybe it's like one step above management although, mm, although what yes all the people that i'm seeing organizing unions do tend to be pretty young i mean yeah i hear what you're saying but also 
Bernie old, Sanders. Oh, <laughs> uh, fair <laughs> you point. You know, like he is what eight thousand years old. Yeah, what if it's just like a <laughs> older person that's just like been around and was they used to have a really good union job, then that got dissolved, and now they're stuck working at a Starbucks for now. And so they have, like, a vested interest in, like, it's worked before. And then, so, Sam Rockwell is living the lie of, mm-hmm. I'm not a real Starbucks employee. I'm only here mm-hmm. to break up the union. And then the union organizer, I mean, they both do work at Starbucks. Yes, objectively. she is only there to unionize the Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So she is, like, the counter agent. Mm-hmm. And then, but they want to smooch. They do want to smooch. It's- very Mr. and Mrs. Smith in a way. <laughs> yes, it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but with frappuccinos and shit instead of guns. I like that. Um, how does it end, Glenn Tickle? They die. They die? There's an arson. <laughs> so that's the thing. <laughs> They're about to kiss. It's it's after hours yeah. in the Starbucks. They're about to kiss. Then a fire happens because the district managers committed arson for the insurance money yeah, and they burned and it stop the union. You can't unionize a store that doesn't exist anymore and then you torch it and then they die embracing one another amidst the flames. Well, Claire de Lune plays over it. Perfect. No notes. Perfect film. We got Sam Rockwell for the lead. Who do we want to play opposite? In my mind, Rosario Dawson. I can see it, I think, mostly because of Clerks Exactly, too. that is absolutely <laughs> what I was thinking about, to be honest. I'm like, she looks good in a... In a yeah, like, we've seen fast it in casual. a casual. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Or, hmm... She's charming, she's fun. She's fun. She said some shit she shouldn't, but haven't we Oh, all? really? Yeah, yeah, she got... She said some, uh... Yeah. <laughs> You Google the article. Yeah, I'll look it up. yeah. yeah. To... Maybe we don't want that stink on uh okay. on the show, but I think that she would be a good fit because of the polo. Who else looks good in a polo? I'm trying to think of like mm. an age appropriate actor. Can I tell you in my mind, Joe Firestone would be very good. Comedian Stand up oh, yeah, comedian yeah, yeah. I'm actress. I'm, I, know. I, got a, I got a really nice letter from Joe Firestone's dad once. Oh, that's nice. Because I, I wrote about a thing that she was doing for Geeko System. He sent me this pretty lengthy thank you email. Oh. Like, this is top tier dad mm-hmm. stuff. I just finished. Um, that's a Bill Tickle maneuver, is what that is. <laughs> I just finished uh, Joe Para Talks with you, and that's yeah. why I was like, hmm. Because she's got like that very sweet. Yeah, they're both really great in that. Oh, it's so good. Such a shame that it is get, didn't get picked up yeah. again. Hopefully, it'll find a new place. Um, so I was thinking her or um, you know, it'd be fantastic if it's, we could get like Lupita Nyong'o for this, like at a like an insane get. Yeah, that is that's a big swing. Yeah, I mean, we want, two Academy Award winners, Oscar contenders. Like Rockwell, I think would do it. Oh yeah, he's he's fun. Like, he's down to clown. He's I mean, he's head thug in Ninja Turtles. Yeah, he's he'll he do does it. not forget where he comes from. Yeah, he uh, he was in Matchstick Men. Like he's not above just doing a movie because it seems kind of fun. Yeah, Seven Psychopaths also. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Lupita's great, but I feel like. <laughs> what about this Judy Rias from Scrubs? Carla Espinoza. Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, I'm pro. Okay, we I'm found pro her. Carla. 
Okay, we found it. Good, good, good. And then I think there's the the person that does commit the arson has to be in the background throughout. So I feel like it should either be like an unknown or an incredibly famous actor that almost has top billing and has this bit part. Frank Langella. <laughs> God rest his soul. Um, we CGI him in. Ugh. Like Tarkin in Rogue One. Not great. Uh, is he uh, dead at all? Is he dead at all? I'm pretty sure that yes. I think he. I thought he died recently, but according to Wikipedia, years active, 1963 through present. My man Heck is. Heck yeah, Frank, you're hired. Can I tell uh, you? Dated Whoopi Goldberg from 1996 to 2001, and that fucking rules. So post Ted Danson post, Whoopi era. Yeah. So Franklin Schell in the background as this old doddering like, oh man, it's so sad that he has to work at a Starbucks again. Is he old enough? No, this person would have to be 110 years old for this. I'm like, it should be someone who worked as a union buster in like the meatpacking riots of the of 1930s Chicago. Here's the thing, Glenn. We can take this and we can slide it back to 1990s. Then you get that 1990s nostalgia. Starbucks is a Ooh, hip new thing. Early Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about this? Is this anything? Union Dave and Buster's. <laughs> is that anything at all? Instead of Starbucks? No, no, no. Just Union Dave. Like instead of Union Buster's, using Dave and Buster's. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Um, so I like it. I think that'd be good. Who do you think we want to get to direct this motherfucker? Uh, I say we go, oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of like comps, uh, like movies like this Mm -hmm. and who directed them, who would do a good job with this type of material. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who directed Norma Ray. I tapped out on all my Norma Ray knowledge earlier in the episode. Uh, Martin Ritt, a man I've never heard of before. I don't think I've ever heard the, that I'm first so and last sorry. name together. Sorry, Martin. Hope, <sighs> I hope you enjoyed your time making Norma Ray and that you had a long career and that you're not a secret monster, as is so often the case with any celebrities anymore. This is what I'll say. Um, he's certainly not anymore as he is dead. Okay, then he doesn't mind that we don't remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remembered his work and in... in doesn't that, in a way, make him immortal, Tristan? Yeah, that does. Um, still hasn't asked answered who we should have direct this thing. I think... Oh, gosh. Who? Because you can't go with Taika. It's too easy. No. It's too... The, and it would just change the whole tone of the thing. It would be, it would, it would be too jokey, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the jokes wouldn't really land. That is an assessment that I can sometimes agree with. That is that I mean that is pretty specific to Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, I was gonna say the rest hey, of his stuff, very jokey, but the jokes do land. Yeah. Um sometimes, you know, you, you can't always win, um, is what I say. Or can you? What about Okay, who is it do we ha- we don't have a lot of like really we, we can't, he's dead, so we can't, but this would have been a perfect Frank Oz vehicle. Frank Oz is very much alive. Is he? Yeah, that's two Franks that we thought were dead, but 
We gotta get. Let me. I'm gonna double check. We gotta get up on our Frank knowledge. Yeah. No, he's. He, I thought I thought he was another one that died recently. No, maybe this is maybe you're foretold. He's only seventy eight. Unless it happened only. like today, but I think I thought like no. Again, according to Wikipedia here, he is well alive because he did the Yoda voice for Last Jedi, so he's been like well enough to. Act. Oh heck yeah! So let's get Frank Oz on this bitch. I think Frank Oz. I think that's great. Um, if Rockwell, I'm sorry, I thought you were dead. <laughs> less famed listener, um, if. We can't get Rockville to do it. I say we get Alan Tudyk to do it. Okay. Then my four-year-old would be on board. Because of the rooster? Uh, that She's kind of like a big fan of his body. Like, she has no idea who he is. Yeah. Uh, but Hey Hey is like her favorite part of Moana, which mm-hmm. is probably her favorite movie. Uh, and she loves the... Weaselton? The Weaselton guy from Frozen. Well, that's Wesselton, and then he plays Weaselton in Zootopia. Yeah, yes. which she also—that's her favorite part of Zootopia. So I know you were going to say body of work, but it did sound like you said my daughter's a huge fan of his body. She loves that Tudic body. <laughs> he's keeping it tight, and my four-year-old daughter just loves the effort that he's putting in. All right, we have reached the lightning round portion. Were she not for, she would take him in a manly fashion. <laughs> I hope that's someday. That's a great Firefly reference for yes. me, a guy who doesn't like Firefly. Can I tell you? Have not seen it in several years because I know it will not hold up. I, I did a I did my first watch through as a series for Geeko System years ago. Yeah. Because everyone at Geeko System loved it, and mm-hmm. they're like, "We can't believe you haven't watched the show." I'm like, "Yeah, but I don't like Joss Whedon or anything else he's made." Mm-hmm. And this was pre him being everyone an knows that Joss Whedon's a creep. I'm just like, I don't like I didn't like Buffy. I don't know what to tell you. I can't get on board with it either. And then everyone's like, you gotta watch Violet, you'll love it. And then I'm like, uh, I don't. Someone very astutely pointed out that had the show not been canceled, it would have gone on to just be a very middling show. It's kind of where it started. Yeah, I agree. There are things that I enjoy about it. What really works about it, I think, is the This is going to be your most popular episode because people are going to be spamming it with comments about how much they love Firefly. You know what? They can do it. It's uh, a Western in space. Hey, so all sci-fi. Wars. All sci-fi is Western in space. That's how the genre started. <sighs> um, They're like, just take Western stories, just put them in space. It's as simple as that. Just Not, go watch Cowboy Bebop instead. Uh, Cowboy Bebop whips ass. It's so good. I like the Netflix one. I know a lot of people didn't. Did not watch it. Can't get on board. Don't want to be involved with it, but... I'm glad you like it. You, If you came at it as a guy who watched Cowboy Bebop when it was on Toonami sometimes as a child and not like deeply invested in it as a property uh, and then just like, oh, I have fond memories of this mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. And then they made the Netflix one and it looked very cool. You're like, that's kind of the main thing I remember about Cowboy Bebop. Is that it looks is cool? Everything looked cool. I'm sure. Uh, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I can I can see myself enjoying it. I just also used to do a podcast with an ex of mine about anime. That was the first thing we covered, so I already have a bad taste in my sure. mouth for it. But also that I feel like this. For me, the joy of animation is that it is animated, and you get like to look at pictures in that are drawn. That is how I feel about all like the live action Disney stuff. It's like even my own my children feel the same way. Yeah. Because when they released the trailer for the live-action Mulan, mm-hmm. uh, my older daughter was way into Mulan at the mm-hmm. moment. She watched it a couple times a week, easily. And I was like, oh, look, they're making a, a live-action Mulan. And I showed her, and they're like, why? Yeah. 
They already made it. I, let's watch it right now. Why are we watching this? There's no dragon in it. Let's go watch the good Mulan. It's because they wanted to try and make money in China and it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, it really failed. The Lion King we watched and my kids tapped out like 10 oh. minutes in. They're like, this is a nature show? Who cares? Like, I'm... The Lion King is charming because it's animated. Yep. Not because you did Hamlet again. I agree. I will say the live action Jungle Book that they did is not good. But it did give me Christopher Walken as King Louis, and I'll be forever grateful for that. Yeah. Because Don't worry, Blue, pretty solid. Also great casting on that. Um, ben Kingsley's Bagheera, also very good. But if only it was just an animated movie. Yeah. So we're in the lightning round, if you're ready. Yeah. Pew, for- pew, pew. The sound of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> the first is parking. It's okay. the first word. So you we each do a pitch. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You go first. So that, that is I what everybody says. What this is. So this is a, the movie Parking is about a meter maid who can't get his life together or her life together, their life together. And it's them deciding to then, after almost getting hit by a car when they're giving another car a ticket, get a new lease on life, go back to school and become. And If you say cop, you're describing the movie's utopia. Architect. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say cop. I was gonna say astronaut. Actually, but I was like, we don't make those Space anymore. Space Utopia. Space Utopia. <laughs> is she? I, mean, I could not focus on that film. But anyway, that's how the lightning round is done. Your turn. Parking. What it's about? Uh, so you know the movie Phone Booth? Nope. Okay, there's a movie Phone Booth. They made it with uh, whew, let's say Colin Farrell. One of those. A right. Colin Farrell type. Where the premise of the movie is he answers a phone booth. Ringing. Yeah. Remember phone booths? Probably not. Yeah. You're, uh, you're 25 years younger than me. You're a 14 year old. Uh, <laughs> so he, he picks up a ringing phone booth. Ring and the person on the other end says, if you hang up this phone, I'm going to snipe you. Uh-huh. And it's a long take for the rest of the movie. Okay. This was a project that Alfred Hitchcock was trying to do for years. Mm-hmm. The problem was you couldn't do a long take as a whole movie mm-hmm. at the time. Because like, you're dealing with literal film that can only be so long. Yeah. Which is like, it, rope is a lot of long takes, uh, but they will occasionally pan to a still frame so they can change the canister yeah. and then pan back. Um, but they couldn't think of a way to do it that satisfied Hitchcock's goal of wanting to do the whole thing. Uh, I, I say this to set up my pitch for, for parking, which is a 90-minute film of me driving around your neighborhood <laughs> trying to find a place to park, and it doesn't ever cut away from me. It's just a one, it's just a one shot of, from my dashboard of me muttering things as, like I, block. as I circle the block. Uh, tonight, actually, pretty quick job finding parking, but Good. other times I've attempted to park in your neighborhood. I cannot help you with it, that. Uh, it goes less well. It goes fewer wells. Yeah, there's a lot, not as many wells in the area. A lot of fire hydrants, so you think you find a spot. Mm-hmm. But then, no, no, no. No, no, no. Crackpot is what we have next. I can go first. It's about a person who needs a new kiln. Because they are a pottery maker. They make, and the pots have cracked. And well, the pots have cracked. And they need to make a new kiln 
but it's set in let's say ancient japan and it's one of those films where it's just a video game and this person has to go do certain things to make the kill and learns lessons along the way like, like, a, like a bicycle thieves situation i'm gonna say yes and i've definitely seen bicycle thieves guy gets his bike stolen and he's got to try to find the bike mm, so this guy has a bad kill and he has to make a new kill and then he has to go far away yeah well, it's one of those things where, like, you when you explain the movie that way, it's a little reductive. Like, yeah, things happen. That the bicycle are... thieves like has more going on than just guy tries to find his bike, but that's mm-hmm. the inciting incident. Mm-hmm. Um, Crackpot. I'm gonna go animated. It is a, a CGI film about a mad scientist character who is trying to get people to take him seriously. Uh, and stop calling him crackpot because he doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. He feels like it's uh, dismissive of mental illness <laughs> and and his work. So he's trying to prove to the community that the work he does is useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of a way to veer this away from Belle's dad and Beauty and the Beast territory. <laughs> I'm thinking more no, like... No, here's the thing. I say you lean into it. It's just a prequel to about Maurice. I'm thinking... <laughs> Maurice, the, the film. I'm thinking more like Doc Brown. Yeah. Um, who was the... He, uh, Christopher Lloyd was like the backup if they couldn't get John Lithgow to be the bad guy. That absolutely makes sense. Uh, in Buck Rubanza, he plays one of the other bad guys, but he's mm-hmm. not the main guy. That makes sense. Yeah, I could I could see that. So um, obviously voiced by Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you seen Over the Garden Wall? No. He delivers an excellent voice. It's a really good thing. It's a great little series. It's about six episodes. Watch it every I think autumn. It, I think it was one of those things where the time when it came out, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm not going to watch this alone. I have kids. I'll wait until mm-hmm. my kids want to watch this. I would say this. It's not necessarily a kid-friendly show. Okay. It's like not like there's no blood or anything, but it's pretty spooky. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like it's set around Halloween. And weirdly enough, I think my younger daughter would like it more. Okay. The four-year-old would probably get down with it. Probably. She's an agent of chaos. I also have this to say about the recommendation I just gave you. Um, don't know your kids. I'm not a kid, so really the only way to find out is to show it to them and see if they get scaled. We'll check it out. I mean, mm-hmm. they I've tried to show them some stuff mm-hmm. in the past and they just bounce off it immediately. Yeah. Uh, right now, my four year old's favorite thing to watch is a guy's YouTube channel where he runs stuff over with his car. Can I tell you that fucking rules? Yeah. He, he'll like make weird like jello molds and stuff. It's like a close up of the one tire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just like rolls rolls over like a watermelon full of jello or whatever. She will. She will watch top tier content on on a loop. Just watch this guy crush stuff with his car. She loves it. And you're like, what does it mean though? Yeah. So, but then I will try to show them like Star Wars, and, and I'm like, like hmm. barely anything gets crushed in this. This sucks. Show them the trash compactor scene. <laughs> um, I was watching someone with. I was watching Star Wars with someone who had never seen it before for the first time, and she said out loud, "How are they going to get out of this?" During that scene, and I found it very, very endearing. It was wonderful. It is. I love. It's a tense scene. I love that thing about showing stuff to my kids. Uh huh. Where like I, there, I do not remember a time 
where I have not seen Star Wars. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, because it came out well before I was born. Not so to brag. everybody had it. It was on TV sometimes. It came out. I remember, I think it was like the, I remember the box set came out on VHS. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'd say like $80. Like, wow. quite a bit for a. For something I have over there on my shelf. Yeah, like. <laughs> that I got for $3 at a Goodwill now. Yeah. And uh, I like. I got it. I don't think my parents would have bought it for me. It was too expensive. But mm-hmm. I ended up getting it. It must have been. I couldn't have had a job. When was, it was around the special edition. That'd be 97. Yeah, I would have been 14 at best. Maybe I did just start. There was a program at my jo- at my high school uh, where, like, as a 14-year-old, you could get a job. Well, there was. And, like, leave school early, which is why I agreed to do it. That They're basically sense. farming ch- child labor out. It's probably not around. It's probably not a still still a thing in, that they do. You can get a job in Minnesota if you're 14 at certain places. So it's still kind of kicking around. But I will say this: that if they also released them on VHS prior to that, so both memories could be true. Okay. You could have either been a little kid or not. The next word I have, if you're ready, is orgy. Oh, uh, I mean, that is you. You just you just get a bunch of people to have sex with each other. That's, that's that's your pitch is just just like there's no lead up to it no because you could do like Caligula again but all the Roman governance stuff is kind of boring until mm. I mean as far as orgies go Caligula is pretty boring I guess you could just do Caligula with a better orgy okay okay like that would be my pitch is we do Caligula but the sex is hot gotcha and not awkward it has or like i claudius where like there's an there's an orgy but it's like a pbs orgy Mm, mm, mm. where there's like a stray boob every once in a while but like (laughs) it is it's pretty like we're 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 implying an orgy more than Mm, mm. anyone like it's too soft core this was you can tell i claudius is like well before intimacy coordinator was a job sure they're just like, I don't know, just kind of... You mean before five years ago? <laughs> just kind of bump into each other a little bit while this guy eats grapes watching you? Could you uh, do that? See, whereas my pitch for Orgy is about how in the early days of the internet, they were trying to figure out different extensions for websites, and they're like, well, you have .com, which is commercial, .edu. What yeah. do we do for... For nonprofits, for no, for nonprofits, and it's for all these hot orgies. Going it's dot o r g y. That's my pitch. That's the only reason I chose to, to go with orgy because I thought that was fun enough for me to say into a microphone. So, are you saying so your movie would be someone trying to make that in extension? Yeah, like uh, in nineteen ninety two or whatever. Yeah, like a you know kind of a social network vibe of like ah oh, we have this problem all of these other extensions we have to and then it goes through the making of it and the litigation and then approval. So they make it dot orgy and then everybody uses it for porn and there's like that's not what I meant you guys <laughs> basically yeah hey come on and the guy use it for four H it pans over into the guy goes like yeah. I had the same problem with dot com. <laughs> but up, up, but up, up. 
So, Glenn, I want to thank you for being on. Well done. Thank you. Um, anything in particular you want people to know about you? The five people that may or may not listen to this? Uh, they can watch my my dry bar special on YouTube. If mm-hmm. they just go, just look up Glenn Tickle dry bar. Mm-hmm. That's what I do anytime I need to send a link to anybody. So handy. And I'll say this as well. Um, what's your email? So when people are angry that you don't like Firefly, where should people oh, go? Oh, it is uh, TristanJMiller <laughs> at gmail.com. Not even my real email, dog. <laughs> <laughs> We've emailed several times. Still no idea. Sweet, 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 sweet. Uh, so thank you again. And stay safe out there. I'll try. <laughs>